This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show, because for once it is Friday and uh, it is kind of only just a few minutes past seven, so for us that's not too bad. Anyway, I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, looking forward to tonight's show because there is quite a lot to discuss. Goodness gracious me, yes. But before all of that, a very good Friday evening to Mr. Jonathan Kidd. How lovely to be on the show, Chidge, despite only having just woken up. Absolutely bizarre. But yes, went and sat down for a few moments, asleep straight away. I have been to the gym, though. There are mitigating circumstances. It is allowed. Ah, Nothing happened much this this last few days, is it, with Chelsea? No, really ominously quiet, really. But we've got people on the show, so who have we got on the show tonight? Have we got people on tonight? We have, we have. Oh, have we? Oh, good. Um... Well, it's the brain of Stamford Bridge. We should have a, a, an anthem for you, Mark. There should be something like uh, we should play. Um, we should play uh, a university challenge when you come on. There should be a theme tune for <laughs> you. It is that uh, great, that great, uh, the great supporter, the great man who. Every time I think of him, I imagine him dressed as a blues brother at an away game. I can't help myself. And uh, with all these other people going into clubs and 11 o'clock in the morning dressed as blues brothers, one of the great Chelsea events for me that was. What match was that one, Mark? City. Uh, uh, Man City away uh, before the 1994 FA Cup final. So the wow. Kip Axe's last stand, Man City's last game in front of the Kip Axe. Yes. Yes, wonderful. It is, of course, the brilliant Mark Meehan. Good evening, everybody. Another quiet week in the history of Chelsea yeah. Football Club to talk about. It's so dull and boring, Mark, isn't it? Uh, nothing nothing happened, know. really. I nothing know. happened today. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Have we got a new owner yet? No, I don't think so, no. no. no neither do I. Yeah. It'll, it'll run on to the end of May, I suspect. I yeah. don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. So, and, who, and who is our resident journalist this week, JK? And be nice. 
It's the only resident journalist. Ooh, surely. Ooh, ooh. surely it is the great, the excellent. It is the superb. What's his name? Oh, yes. Adam Newson <laughs> from football.london. Uh, you were doing so well, JK. And then, hello, Adam. Nice to see you, mate. Oh, yeah, guys. I wasn't meant to be on this week, I was no. going to say. No. I did say last week you'd be on again next week, and you said no. <laughs> no, I won't. No, definitely not. You know, you, you know the system's working really, really well when you badger Liam because you hadn't heard from him. And he says, oh, shit, 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 I'm really sorry. Don't worry, me and Adam have already figured it out and swapped. I said, well, brilliant. You clearly don't need me to organise it at all. How fantastic. So there we go. Lovely to see you as always, Adam, uh, on yet another really dull, quiet week for Chelsea, really. Yeah, nothing much happened again. No, so no. It's, it's, it's tricky reporting on on Chelsea when nothing happens. So, yeah. yeah, exactly that. Uh, well, uh, obviously we're all lying because it's completely the opposite. But I think I think what we might do, actually, um, it would be remiss of us really to not start with the, the news that's occurred today. Uh, and then we'll have a review of the Man U-Chelsea game from last night. And uh, in part two, we've got Opposition View. Um, as I've already, you know, told the world and the universe who's on, we've, we've got Dave Vitti, who uh, formerly known as Comedy Dave, uh, is an old mate of mine coming on the show uh, to do the opposition view. Big Everton fan and a very lovely bloke. And uh, finally, we'll wrap up in part three with our own preview of the Everton Chelsea match. Uh, so there we go. So yeah, we we really um, thank God we've got a jo- thank God it happened on a Friday. Thank God we've got a journalist on the show to make some sense of it. But. Uh, I was at lunch. I took my mum, my dear old mum, out for lunch as it was her birthday today. And uh, a notification flashed up on my phone from football.london, funnily enough, Adam, saying, breaking news, a new bidder uh, coming in for the chat. What? What? Anyway, by the time I got home, the whole thing had escalated hugely. So Jim Ratcliffe of Ineos has put in a 4.25 billion bid or something like that. Um, and uh, I have a whole statement in front of me, but I'll, I may pick up on a point or two of that in a minute. And then, you know, this afternoon, as I was mulling it all over, they've kind of announced that the Bowley bid is the preferred bid, I believe. Uh, and we do know that the Broughton bids and the Paliuka bid have gone bye-byes. They're, they've been knocked out. So where are we with it now, Adam? What on earth is going on? So as things stand, it does appear uh, as though Todd Bowley, uh, the consortium led by Todd Bowley, has been named the preferred bidder now. So they will have uh, a few days, potentially a week, to, to engage with the club to try and get this deal sorted. Um, and assuming that all does happen, then finally we can really get into this takeover. Um, I think the, the Bowley bid's uh, around $4 billion. Um, so it's a huge amount of money, uh, not too much less than than uh, the Jim Ratcliffe bid, which did honestly come out of nowhere. Uh, today I uh, was uh, I'd actually just got back from, from coming uh, coming back from Manchester, and I was just speaking to my wife, catching up when I saw I think it was Matt Dickinson of the the Times put it out, and then I was uh, I said oh no. Because I knew what was uh, in store for the rest of my afternoon. So, um, so yeah, that was put in. I think that was put in a bit too late. Um, quite why it was put in so late isn't still clear. Uh, you probably have your own theories as to why. But, uh, but yeah, it seems to be that, that the Bowley bid has now been named a preferred bidder and, and will be taken forward in the days ahead. Um, and assuming that all goes to plan, then hopefully we're actually going to get moving on this in the next couple of weeks. But 
ultimately, if if Foley and, and Chelsea can't come to an agreement on how they are going to take this forward, then there is a very small chance still that the other three bidders could. That's their like sort of moment to come back in, but. I don't know at this point. I'm going to say hopefully that doesn't happen just for, for my own sake now, uh, for my ease of life. Well, if, if I can can wheel something in and tie a few of those things together, because I was going to, I mean, before all this news break, I wasn't going to talk about this at all, obviously. I was going to talk about the other news this week, which was, of course, you know, Roman apparently asking for another 500, quid, uh, 500 million quid, all of them. But also uh, the odious Nadine Dorries and her interview that was uh, on on the BBC yesterday, when she was basically saying Chelsea are on borrowed time with menacing threat, uh, all, all the uh, skills of a Brookside actor, I believe. But anyway, um, and I'm kind of you know me, I like a bit of a conspiracy theory, and so my idea is that Jim Ratcliffe is a massive Tory donor, a big supporter of Brexit, not that that really matters, but he's very much in line and in sync with the current government. And he did say that although the bid came in at the 11th hour, he had been talking to the government a lot. And I'm just wondering if what the government have done is that they've they've cooked up a plan for Ratcliffe that if Chelsea don't get their fingers out of their arse and procrastinate... Then I mean, because you see, the, the government are the ones that actually have the final say on this. They say, yeah, we like that bid, you can have the licence or not. So maybe yeah. maybe Ratcliffe is the government's preferred bidder. That's kind of what I'm saying. So what do you think of that? I mean, it's as good a theory as any as to why it came so late, <laughs> definitely. Um, because honestly, it, it did come out of the blue. We've obviously heard rumblings that there may have been a mystery bidder for a little while but you would have just you know you'd suspect that that would have come to fruition now there's no point in leaving it on until the day that rain were meant to make their decision in my opinion because that isn't somebody that personally i would think is taking it seriously um yes you can argue that's you know in business practices it's maybe not that unusual but for a football club if you want to show your intent, surely you're doing this two months ago and you're making a big play. You're not coming in at the last minute. And to be honest, I I have some issues with the fact that it would even be considered, given the the due diligence, the the fact that the other uh, bidders have all met with the fan groups. Um, a lot of work has gone in with those groups and I'm not sure how comfortable I would be with uh, a sort of last gasp bid suddenly being considered in the same fashion because, uh, yeah, there's the same amount of work hasn't been put in. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's as good a theory as any, Chidge. Um, hopefully we will get some clarity as to why it did come in so late, if there is a is a genuine reason um, in the next few days. But, uh, but it, as things stand, yeah, it's going to be Todd Bowley's consortium who are, who are going forward and, and hopefully we'll get a deal done and, and Chelsea can get back to, well, and get used to, I was going to say, get used to their new normal. Yeah. Be. yeah, exactly. Mark, you wanted to come in? Yeah, I think the Doris thing just for me... I like it. Like... Say that again, the Doris. That's what we should call her. The Doris, yeah. the Doris, the Doris thing to me seems like a red herring or or distraction because the government, other than sanctioning Roman Abramovich, have kept a significant distance in all of this throughout the process. Yes, they'll have the final say, but I've always worked on the basis that whoever the approved bidder will be, and clearly they can work through that that remaining part of the process with Chelsea Football Club and Rain. That Rain Roman Abramovich then make that recommendation to the government, and the government just rubber stamp it. And whether Jim Ratcliffe is a serious bidder or not, I don't, I don't know. 
But I always work on the basis, and we do make jokes about trusting the process. There's a process being followed, and Adam is absolutely right here. This does seem really strange. Like, if I applied for a job, the job has a closing date. And once that closing date is ended, the prospective you know, employer shortlists their candidates, and they go through a process, and they select a candidate. You don't then apply for the job like seven weeks after the closing date. So this does seem rather rather strange why this has happened. Um, Rain and Chelsea probably need to come out with a very quick statement on this. Um, and what I find interesting, and you might read Ratcliffe's statement, what I do find interesting, he's saying all the right things. Mm. He is saying all the right things. He's putting $4.2 billion down on the table. Um, he's going to invest in Stamford Bridge. He's talking about, you know, the playing side, you know, both the men's and the women's game, investing in the academy, doing the stadium piece by piece, keeping Chelsea at football club. Probably the two missing things I can't find in here, and that's that whole point about going through that process and that dialogue. There's no mention of Chelsea pitch owners, and there's no mention of dialogue with fans and all the work. To be fair, not just the Bowley bid, but the other bids have. They've gone through a process. There's been di dialogue, etc. So coming from left field, is it a red herring, as you say, to try and force Chelsea's hand? Because the deal needs to be done by the end of May, because that's when the licence ends, surely. Yeah. So it, this seems really strange. If Ratcliffe is a serious bidder, yeah, Chelsea and Rain need to come out with that really quickly. To be fair to the Bowley bid, because the Bowley bid has gone through this process done the due diligence, done everything right. This is really, really strange. Yeah, I totally agree, Mark. It's it's very unfair. JK? Well, I wouldn't think, I don't think it, it's, it's like a job that's being applied for and somebody else has come along. I think it's like a house ah. that's being sold. Ah, yeah. So he's being and gazumped. The, and yeah, he's being gazumped. Or, or eBay, JK. It's a last-minute bid on eBay. <laughs> yeah, Maybe they should have just put it up for sale on eBay. It would have been a yeah. lot simpler. <laughs> it been a lot simpler. Perfect. Um, so I think there's a possibility that that could be the case. And you wonder whether that is therefore still a possibility with uh, in the rules that have been set out. Because I don't think any rules were set out initially saying this will be the case, that um, um, the club can only, once the... The, the the we've decided on somebody that that's that and so they could easily be gazumped um i'm just also confused about the business of um you had to come in initially to pay the 2.5 debt off and have to go to charity so it means essentially that we haven't then got enormous amount of money those who bid 3.25 are only bidding um uh 75 750 million, weren't they? They weren't really putting a huge amount of money into the club. So with this extra 500, uh, uh, 500 million, he essentially wants th um, 300, he wants, uh, to, for that 500,000, he wants, he wants 3 billion, doesn't he, Roman, initially? Well, that means that all that's left is 1.25 no, uh, no, billion. No, no, no. It, no, 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 no. Give me the no, prices. No, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, really, because the bottom line is, is that you are you, you you're paying a pro I mean you know you're paying a okay you're buying a house right for a hundred yeah, grand yeah, it's the same metaphor, okay yeah. and 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 actually the owner says no you have to spend a hundred and fifty grand otherwise I'm not selling it to you and you really want it and 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 then the owner says yeah you've got to also invest fifty grand into to doing it up a bit as well and you say well, all right 
It doesn't matter. It, it's not that none of that money is going into the house anyway. It's just going into the owner's pocket. Not not or not in this case, Roman. It's going into his charitable fund. So it's not going to diminish how much how much money they have to put in the club. Well, then supposedly, why is this four point two five more attractive? Which is the impression that people have been giving. Because that he's giving more money than anybody else. Well, uh, I don't. I don't think that's true per se. Right, it's he, not. Okay. No, I don't think that's true per se. Um, but what what he you know what he what he has said is I think he's been more. I mean, Adam may correct me if I'm wrong here, but he's being more um, explicit in terms of what he's going to spend on the club. Right. Yes, because we haven't had any real hard and fast no. uh, comments yet from from the Bowley Group on exactly what they'll be spending and and where, but there is a sort of obviously an expectation that they'll do work at Stamford Bridge and they will invest in the playing side of things and you know want and the women's team and and want to keep Chelsea competitive, but we just don't have a breakdown of exactly the figures involved and I don't know if we even will to be honest because it's very very bold of someone to come out publicly and say I'm going to put this much money into this much uh, and. And then you have to live up to that because it's already out there. Yeah. JK? It, it seems to have confirmed to me that Roman is very much involved in the process, which is what I was I was under the impression wasn't the case. I thought it was the uh, the club hierarchy doing it. It's, it's the fact that he's come in and said, no, I want more money. So is he got is his hand therefore involved in making an assessment of what these what the the the, the team the teams of of, of bidders are, are providing? Is that the case? If, I, if that, would you agree with that? That what I've, I've gleaned? Uh, no, from... I, I, I think he, I think he's absolutely involved. It's his club. Right, 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 right. You know, I, I somehow wonder whether the part of the sanctions was that he could not be involved in the process. He can't of profit. He can't profit from it. He can't, he can't profit, but he's actually involved in it. Now, just to, it. just just to just to tie in the Nadine Doris thing, which um, actually it conforms completely with my knowledge of chatting to Broughton's son outside. Um, the the stall the other day when he said yeah. it's really really important that we finish this whole thing um, before the end of the season. So um, I, I, I'm, I this seems to almost confirm it with her coming in and saying, you know, this has to be done. So perhaps there is something happening within the process that is holding it up. Or as I, I queried the other day, is there somebody who really would like the club to fold? And is is looking for the possibility well, of that happening. I think Nadine, I Nadine the Doris wants it to fold. By the sounds of it. Who does she support? She's from Liverpool, Jonathan. Ah, I'll, I'll leave well, it. I'll then. leave it there. Okay. There we have it. Mark, I've got a different take on this. Um, I, I, I don't. I, it, it will get done by the end of May. I don't think for one minute Nadine Doris and any member of this government wants to see that deadline go and Chelsea go into administration. You know because. Chelsea fans vote, football fans vote, and the catalyst for all of this was the government placing sanctions um, on Roman Abramovich. The government have dodged a lot of criticism from, you know, from Chelsea fans, if you think about it. If that actually happened and the government allowed this, then, so if anything, the Dean Doris might be running scared of it happening and them getting the blame. Yeah. They don't want you know to see Chelsea go into administration by this deal not happening. So it might very well be just a signal you need to get this deal done because we will end up in Stuck, you know, if that would happen because you'd have worldwide Chelsea fans, hundreds of thousand Chelsea fans here, turning their ras, and there's enough ras on the government for many other things at this present moment in time. 
Yeah. So I think Doris is just you know deflecting it away from the government, just saying we got to get this deal done. Yeah. I've always worked on the basis that Roman was always involved. Yeah. Always had, always have done, and I've always worked on the basis as well. That was that's why I found the five hundred million interesting this week. It wasn't necessarily about who bid the most money, because there were other bidders who've fallen by the wayside, offering you know, offering the money and then more. I always thought it was about continuing Roman's legacy as much as possible, and he would go or reign on his behalf. Would go with the bidder that most reflected continuing what Roman Abramovich was doing over the last nineteen years and continuing in that vein. So it might be someone that doesn't bid the most, might get near to it, but matches Roman's continued ambition for Chelsea Football Club, even if he's no longer the owner. I mean, I, I think I think the club clearly want want Bowley, and I think that, that Bowley's the closest bid that they've had that fits with that. But uh, and I think that uh, you know Ratcliffe is an agitator, and he is trying to trying to gazump the deal. Um, but other than that, I don't know what, what I mean, like Adam was saying, I mean, I think none of us really know what's going on with that. I mean, fi- final thing, because I want to talk about the Man U game and, and the presser today. But I mean, Adam, it, it, do you think do you think Ratcliffe has any chance or, or you know, is, is, is it just, some, I don't know, something weird going on, like a PR thing or something? I don't know. I mean, it's a very small chance now because, you know, if, if, if Bowley is going to be taken forward as the preferred bidder, then as long as they can get that deal done, then it's pretty much gone from at this point. Um, the only way, then, you know, there might be a backdoor into it is if, if Chelsea and, and Bowley and Rain can't, you know, continue over the next few days for whatever reason, then then you get the other bidders back involved. But, yeah, I think it's, it's just come too late. And, and as you uh, were just talking there, the Todd Bowley bid, you know, it's impossible to truly know what any of these bidders were going to be like as a Chelsea owner. We're only going to find that out over the next three, four, five years. But what the Bowley bid does have on its side is it's got two very uh, sort of long-standing Chelsea supporters who are going to be involved in some capacity. It also has, you know, the, the LA Dodgers are a very successful and very, very well-run team. And, you know, and I have an LA Dodgers cap. Well, that's which obviously that's, that know. clinches it then, yeah. really, doesn't it? Um, and I've had it for years. Not just I, I had it when they were shit. <laughs> J- JK's got a cap on at the moment. What cap is that, JK? Oh, that's the stage cricket club cap. It really doesn't <laughs> contribute in the same way. <laughs> but, uh, um... It's a it's a man in a cape and uh, with a rather large fedora and a cane. And he's it's saying not, it's not camp at all, is it? Let's in the slightest. Go on, go on then. Go on quickly. I've got an LA Dodgers hat as no, well. No, there you go. That's because we're, we're no, brothers, it's... mate. We're brothers. Adam, yeah, written... f- finish your point. Sorry, mate, for interrupting you. It's written in the stars then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, on a, on a, like if, if, you know, there's there's plenty out there you can read on the LA Dodgers and the setup that they've, they've implemented and how they've managed to sustain success in uh, in a divisional sport I think it is that it's not easy to do that there's a lot of of really interesting stuff out there that that paints them in a very good light and in a world where Chelsea don't have an oligarch or a billionaire completely backing them without cause for for worry if they're losing money it's probably not a bad uh, consortium to to have taking charge okay well more obviously you know this is going to run and run and run um okay talking things that run and run and run but usually start late bit like our show really maybe again we, maybe i'm i'm with brothers with thomas tuchel was he late today did the presser start on time 
he did it after the game last night. Oh, he so. did. Oh, he, he cheated. I I respect that actually in a perverse sort of way. Um, so what 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 do we need to know from the presser? Um, what do we need to know? Uh, he's looking forward to meeting Frank Lampard mm. because they haven't met yet. Um, he said that Frank is a legend of this club and always will be, uh, which is a nice soundbite that uh, a lot of Chelsea fans will appreciate. Um, obviously, when he took charge, he actually said that Lampard had texted him and they, you know, he was he spoke about maybe going for lunch one day with him. That hasn't happened, perhaps predictably, with Chelsea playing every three mm. days or whatever it is over the last year pretty much and, and Lampard at Everton um, he mentioned he mentioned that Kovacic probably wasn't going to play because he hadn't been training but now he is training, uh, he was back in training today so I'm not sure if he'll be risked but there is that possibility, um, Christensen and Barkley were back in training too I don't think Callum's fit and I think that might be all the injured players unless I'm forgetting somebody uh, ben Chilwell, obviously not, uh, is not in the feature. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not so much a problem with the with the post match, pre match press conferences, if you if you get what I mean, uh, because you know it's straight after a game, so there's only a limited amount of time you can get uh, and, and preview. But um, but yeah, looks like it's going to be a a strong team that Chelsea will be sending up there, and who knows? It's a big game for Everton. It's one they need to win, and it's probably one that Frank Lampard's desperate for them to win. Uh, given how things ended, but um, but given their form, it's tricky to see how that will happen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, talking of the match last night, JK, um, another brilliant um, fan by It had me absolutely laughing my cock off, frankly. Um, but, I mean, you know, it was poor finishing again. Deja vu all over again. I mean, my, my thought on it really, mate, is that, and, and I, I was a bit depressed, actually, after watching the match. I mean, it doesn't help when you're sitting at home watching it on the telly. But uh, I kind of thought to myself, we will not compete uh, until we fix this issue with, with, with not being clinical enough. But you can be sure that if it is uh, that new owners know that this is the same problem. And I think this will be uh, um, one of the major, major purchases that they make next season. I don't know how they're going to sort it out with Lukaku, but um, he was bought to provide exactly the problem that we've had, which is completely dominating and ruling and running games with, with an excellence that, you know, has you purring as a fan. And you just think, they're a great team. Look at this. Look at the skill of this. Look at the way they're stopping United from playing. I mean, United also are feeble and awful. But then you just have a, a wonderful goal in that moment. You know, I'm, I'm annoyed by Matic, who in his his valedictory speech last night about leaving United didn't mention Chelsea once, which was annoying. Do you know what? Sorry to butt in. I'm really glad I screamed out the loudest I've ever been at a football match that that he was a long, lanky streak of piss. I'm really glad I did that now. (laughs) But um, very good pass to Ronaldo. Ronaldo is brilliant. Ronaldo is a brilliant player at 37. Brilliant. I watched, you know, the, the two hat-tricks he's done. Absolutely superb. But that's what you pay 97 million for. That's why I keep going on about this idiocy of, you know, of, of this person who just doesn't make any effort. And you think this was supposed to be the solution. If he'd bagged 20 goals, we would have been, you know, up there competing with them. And, and, but all right, practice that he's not the style of play that player that makes it work. But then it just it's thrust home to me more by the the brilliant half chance that Benzema got the volley against City. That's what Keep strikers do. Proper strikers do. Oh, yeah. 
for strikers, absolutely wonderful. But um, and it's such a shame that I thought Kante was was wonderful last night, and yet the the, the goal they scored yeah. ricocheted off him twice, you know. But but yeah, Shiji, it's it's. Um, it's something that yes, that but you know, Tuchel is obviously completely aware of this. What they need, they need a um, a different kind of player who scores twenty, who is talismanic and can. Uh, and also, we discussed as well. They need a, um, a more of a playmaker, yeah, a playmaker. Yeah, but but um, uh, other than that, you know, there are some wonderful um, ticks to be had for people. Uh, playing brilliantly this season, and other than the few games where yeah. you know the game against Madrid and the game against Brentford have maintained this, you know Mount w- was yeah. was fantastic again, and um, and all right, Havertz was a bit tired, possibly, but uh, um, and Alonso is just becoming sort of a kind of of Mister um, On, you know, <laughs> I don't, he played. We play dreadfully in some games, and you think, "Oh, we all do it, don't we?" We say, "Well, it's not the kind of game for him." He took that goal no. wonderfully. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's it, you, wonderful. You, goal. You, you may, I mean, it was lovely. I, was, I really liked your fan base, but because it would have been easy to have been immeasurably fucked off with it all, but you weren't. You were quite positive with it too. And I think, I think actually, it's a really good point. I mean, Mark, you know, I was really annoyed about it. Because that I was talking about it on the show on Monday about the, the Man United hoodoo that they seem to have over us at the moment. And what's really annoying is that, you know, pretty much since Fergie left, we've never got a no, never got a result against United. And yet this is the shittest United side I've seen since pre-Fergie times. And that's what annoyed me because we played really, really well. We I don't think I've seen uh, a more dominant first half this season than the one we put in last night. And yet we had nothing to show for it. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I agree with JK about Ronaldo. Before you came on tonight, JK, yeah, we were talking about that with, with Adam. You know, this is a really poor Manchester United side and the brilliance of Ronaldo getting that goal, t- oh. tremendous goal. But other than that, you know, that first half, I thought we were excellent. You know, we played so well last night. And, and OK, they came back a little bit in the second half and pushed us a bit further back. But it was an all-round really good team performance as... We've already just said the only thing lacking was putting the ball in the net. 21 shots we had last night and only sort of like six of those on target. But it was a very good all-round team performance. I didn't agree with the substitutions. I don't think Pulisic or Lukaku made much of an impact. But it's just so frustrating that how many times, you know, have we said this over the course of, of this season? It was last night was just a reflection of the whole season, playing some really good football, but just not finishing. But the only thing I was frustrated with last night is at the end at the end of that game is thinking, how the bloody hell have we not beaten what is a really, really poor Manchester United side? And and, and that moment, I, I don't think Matic was injured, but with ten minutes to go, you're taking Matic off and you're putting Phil Jones on. You're hardly going to win the game with no. Phil Jones on the pitch now, for crying out loud. And they took Rashford on for Matter. Great to see Matter on the pitch. Chelsea icon as far as I'm concerned. But were they going to win the last 10? No, they were happy with a point. Manchester United, happy with a point at home. But I mean, that says it all, Mark. It, it says it all. It says yeah. it all. Um, you know, final point on this, because uh, we got to go, because uh, we've got people waiting. But Adam, um, the other positive, I think, really, was, was Rhys James, who was just unbelievably oh. outstanding. Oh. I mean, he's unbelievably good, uh, Adam. It, it's quite frightening, I think, when you see how good he is. I mean, there's no chance we're going to lose him to Real Madrid. I know there's been lots of rumours because they're talking absolute arse. But he, I mean, future captain, undoubtedly. But he's he's the best player at the club at the moment, I think, 
without a doubt. I mean, yeah, he's definitely up there. He was absolutely fantastic last night. Um, there's just such a confidence to his game now. Um, and he did this in the championship where he, he got to this point um, in his own self-belief where he knew he was better than pretty much all the rest of the players on the pitch. And he was basically going to do what he wanted to do. Um, and I feel he's now got to that point in the Chelsea first team, which is, is you know, testament to his skill, but also his self-belief and confidence. And the way he played last night was fantastic. He absolutely destroyed Alex Tellez, who, let's not forget, certain people on, on social media wanted Chelsea to sign ahead of Ben Chilwell. Um, how's that worked out? Uh, so, yeah, he's fantastic. Real Madrid... I think it was it was after the second leg in the Bernabeu that uh, the sort of stories emerged in Spain that Real Madrid officials were impressed with Rhys James and very much read that and was like, well, yes, he was very good, so they should be. Um, but it's difficult to see how they really prize him away from Chelsea because he is, you know, a Chelsea fan. He's been at the club since he was six. Um, he's come through the academy. He is captain the academy teams. Almost will certainly captain Chelsea at some point. Um, and as long as he wants to stay and as long as Chelsea want to keep him, I don't really see it really becoming an issue, um, no matter what money Real Madrid want to throw down. So, yeah, Chelsea are blessed with with two excellent Cobham graduates. There's there's more as well who, who we can talk about, but probably don't have the time. And yeah, and yeah uh, I do just want to shout out Thiago Silva as well, just because, yeah. you know, he's, he's wonderful, just, and he's a Rolls-Royce player. Watching two 37-year-olds. Yeah both playing at the level they are was uh, was very impressive last it was night. indeed great stuff all right we're gonna to have to leave it there because we're gonna go for a quick break uh, and when we come back we'll have the opposition view with dave vitty away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> but where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box.
Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast, part two of the preview show. And of course, it's now time for this. The Opposition View. Yes, that's right. We have another opposition view because for once I could be bothered to find a guest. I've been a bit lazy recently, but not this week. And I've actually I've actually outdone myself this week. I have an old friend of mine from my mad television days, and he is none other than the artist formerly formerly known as Comedy Dave, the absolutely lovely Dave Vitti. Dave, how the devil are you? Lovely to see you. I'm very good, Chidge, thank you, and lovely to see you too, and thank you very much for inviting me. It's been a while, hasn't it? I yeah, think it man. was... When did we do Nuts TV? Was that... <sighs> do you know what? We, were, we uh, The weird thing is, is that I was starting this show at the same time as I was getting fired from Nuts. <laughs> the two are related, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Directly. <laughs> yeah, because it's a- April 2008, and that was kind of the last throes of, of, of Nuts TV, wasn't it? Is it that long ago? I was going yeah. to say it was about 10 years ago. I didn't realise it was approaching 15, yeah. so that's yeah. scary, isn't that it? That is mad. And you and I don't look a day older. Well, you know, this, this, is, this is what happens, you know, when you've got Grecian 2000 in your life and, and whatnot, and we keep going. My beard's a bit of a giveaway. <laughs> I, think, I think I need to shave it off, but there you go. Um, <laughs> mate, what are you up to at the moment? Because I, I think you are, you're doing football stuff, aren't you? I am doing football stuff. I work for a production company uh, called The Content Works and we do video production and we do live streaming and we do podcasts. Um, and actually podcasts are the things that have very much got us through the last couple of years, what with the pandemic and everything. Because uh, we had a situation, obviously, like a lot of people, when the pandemic hit and we had about six video jobs on the slate and they all went down within about 10 days, you know, as everybody cancelled everything. And then we had this situation where we're thinking, well, you know, what do we do now? And um, and so we we sort of reversioned ourselves in many ways. We'd done podcasts before, but we'd done them in the traditional way. And we booked a studio in London or Manchester or Birmingham or wherever and done it that way and then walked out with a tape. And then we thought, well, there are ways of doing it remotely, as we are proving now. But we didn't know any of these things. So. Um, so, yeah, we just we just sort of redeveloped what we do. And um, and we picked up a, a few good things, and we're, we're now um, the proud owners of the EFL podcast, the official EFL podcast, which we do on a weekly basis. So that's my football side of things, and that takes up probably half of my week chasing around after players and managers and ex-players and pundits and all sorts of stuff. Uh, but we do podcasts for for the likes of Booper and Burberry and um, all sorts of different people. So um We've actually done quite well out of the pandemic, it has to be said. While a lot of people have really, really struggled and, and many have sadly folded, um, it's actually been quite kind to us in that whole remote working thing. And um, and here we are and, and we continue. Well, there we go. Good for you. Nice stuff. Uh, we started this show in a pub, of course, until we realised that we were so pissed we were incapable of doing a, a show. <laughs> and then we then we had to move to my flat. But that's a long story. Um, let's talk about your beloved Everton. I mean, you know, I remember yeah. in the Nuts TV days, we used to have a lot of fun talking about our various clubs and I would always try yeah. and in fact actually I, it's quite funny because I, I, I've done it again because uh, my first question to you really is you know what did or do you think of Super Frank's appointment I remember I was always squeezing Super Frank Lampard into every script much to yours yeah. and Jeff's annoyance 
Well, it's interesting you say that, actually, because I was watching the Derby in London Town on Sunday afternoon. And uh, anyway, less said about that, the better. But um, I ended up talking to a couple of lads who were sat on the table next to me who were West Ham fans who'd just come back from your place on Sunday afternoon and were on their way out as I was on, on my way in. And anyway, cut long story short, one of them said to me, he goes, what do you think about Frank? And I said, you know what? I like him. I like what he's about. In terms of how he's been since he's been at our club, I think he's handled himself really, really well. He said all the right things. He shows passion. He shows commitment. Um, I like the look of his backroom staff, et cetera, et cetera. And the other lad said, is he a good manager? And I said, I don't think anybody knows that yet. Um, genuinely, um, I think that Frank has all of the qualities to be a good manager, but is he a good manager at this moment in time? I would like to think so, but he has no track record. He's obviously been at Derby. He was at your place. Uh, he's now been at our place. But in each of those situations, he's come in and he's inherited squads which weren't his, and he's had to do the best with them. And I think that only time will tell. And I hope that he does prove himself to be a good manager. But whether he is at this point in time, I don't think, I don't think anybody can make a, a cast-iron decision on that. Mm, yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, we... I mean, you know, we adored him at Chelsea and he was, the, he was the perfect man at the perfect time for us because yeah. we couldn't buy any players. We were in the shit, basically. And, you know, I don't, I, th I think actually that's why the club appointed him because, you know, there would have been a, a revolt had, uh, you know, had he not been mm. appointed. And actually, I think he did fairly well. I mean, you know, he got us into the Champions League, which of course we then won the next year. So had it not been for him, we wouldn't have won it, if you see what I mean. And of course, he brought in all these youngsters, people like Mason Mount and Rhys yeah. James. So, I think I think if you can look at it, you can analyze it, you know, clinically if you like, and say, well, actually, he did a pretty good job. And yet, there is all this doubt about him, isn't there, Mark? Yeah, the question I was going to say to Dave is obviously in terms of where Everton are. You dropped into the bottom three at the weekend. Mm. Frank hasn't been there long, so how much of where Everton is now is very much, yeah, more Benitez obviously rather than Lampard. Yeah. He's inherited someone else's squad. Uh, and he's, as you said, he's trying to make the best of it, but in a short period of time. Well, the problem being is that they've all inherited many, many, you know, sort of mismatches of squads over the years. You know, I mean, the, the, the biggest problem that I think that Everton have had in the last few years is just the rapid turnover of managers. I mean, that's not the only reason, but it certainly hasn't helped. And I think that when you have a situation where whoever it is coming in, whether it's Benitez, whether it's Lampard, you know, whoever it is that's trying to galvanize a squad that has been made up of, of appointments from the last four or five different managers all sitting there on long contracts. And hence you have no sense of uh, bond and commitment and, you know, unfortunately, this is the scourge of the modern day footballer as well in many in many instances. But, you know, I would very much like to see Frank Lampard have the opportunity to build his own squad at Everton. I hope that that happens. I mean, obviously, a lot of that it rests upon whether we whether we stay up or not. Um, but I think it would be nice to see him have some time and actually have the opportunity to prove um, at a club which I think he could do well at if he's given the time and the resources that he needs to actually prove himself for the first time in his managerial career. Dave, do you think he'll be sacked if, uh, if you're relegated? I would hope not. Um, but unfortunately, the way of the modern football world is that there's every chance. Sadly. To me, that would be the end of his managerial career. I mean, honestly, I don't actually know how he got the job 
with Everton. Well, because, because if you look at it, the, you know he he gets sacked from a side that and uh, that wins the European, yeah. wins the Champions League with the same team, and the yeah. two players that he he hides away for having um, somehow got in his face doesn't play them again, then come in and are are fantastic. It's yeah. not a great calling card, is it really? It's not. And I think uh, back to your question of how did he get the job? I think that it was very much right place at the right time, because we're in a situation whereby Mashiri seemed hell bent on um, appointing Vitor Pereira, um, who none of the none of the fans wanted. I mean, so much so that if you remember, they they were protesting outside of Goodison, you know, on a sort of Tuesday and Wednesday night about the fact that they didn't want this guy. Um, and clearly this was the wrong thing, and they didn't believe in, in how it all come around, and, and seemingly it had come through Kier, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the super agent guy who's not really an agent but is an agent, um, and he'd been seen in the press box with Mashiri beforehand, and everybody just felt that this was a bit of a, an inside job, and the fans protested, and then suddenly Lampard's name appeared on a very short shortlist, and obviously, from the Evertonians' point of view, they were like, well, we'll have Lampard all day long. Yeah. So it was an odd one. It was an odd one. It was a sort of, it was an appointment almost by, by default. Um, but I think certainly it was the case of the Evertonians just didn't want Pereira so much that they thought, right, well, if Lampard's an option, then we, we will wholeheartedly vote in favour of him. And, and that's effectively what happened. And fan power got him, got him the position. I mean, they were already writing on the walls of, of, of Goodison, Pereira out and Lampard in before either one of them had even got near an interview. Brilliant. I mean, you know... I mean, that's it's, it's it's. I mean, you've got what one, two, three, four, five, six matches left. I mean, yeah. How how worried are you about relegation? And just just for the record, there'll be people who are Chelsea fans who won't know this, but Everton have got, I think, one of the best records in the top division in terms of you know number of years spent in it. And you were last relegated in 1951, and only mm -hmm. once before that in 1936, yeah. I think. Yeah. You've, you've only spent four years in Division 2 throughout your entire history, whereas we've had six relegations in 88, 79, 75, 62, 1924 and 1910 when Jonathan was going. Um, <laughs> and we've spent 19 years in Division 2. So yeah. it's a pretty phenomenal record. And I, can, I can't even begin to think what that might mean to a massive Everton fan to think they might get relegated this season. It's terrifying. Yeah. And it's and it's it's almost unthinkable, genuinely. And and of course, when I say that, and when other fans of other clubs are listening, and they think that there's some sort of arrogance and false, I don't know, position there and whatever. But you know, when you have got that sort of record, and I think only Arsenal have either got a better or similar record to us in terms of divisions in the top flight, um, as far as I I understand, um, it's genuinely terrifying. And as the weeks go on and the games list gets shorter, it gets more and more scary. And I think, I think psychologically, dropping into the top, uh, dropping into the bottom three at the weekend was a big, big. Psychologically, it was a big situation and a big call, really, because I think previously we'd always felt that as long as we can just keep Burnley at arm's length, then we'll be okay. And of course, you know, then that situation was reversed. I mean, our running is tough. Uh, Burnley's, I would argue, is a lot easier, albeit they've got a game less. Um, but, you know, we, 
we've only won away once all season at Brighton in August. You know, so how on earth, you know, you expect to 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 get these these crucial away wins now and points on the table. I mean, in terms of what we've got to play now, we've got obviously Chelsea at home on, on Sunday. We've got Leicester away. We've got Watford away. We've got Brentford at home, Palace at home and Arsenal away. That's our that's our run in. I mean, Dave, I, I would say you've got one in Leicester, Brentford and Palace. You've got three teams who are on the beach. I mean, Leicester have also possibly got a final in Europe to play. So yeah. I would I would give you a big chance in those. Um, Arsenal might be tough because they'll still be going for... And I mean, you may know what the situation is by then, but I wouldn't want it all to rest on Arsenal away because they may still be going for fourth spot. But other than that, I mean, I could see you getting results in one, two, three, four of those games. I hope so. I hope so. But, you I mean, it all depends on which Everton side turns up. Yeah. You know, and that's the problem. I mean, it now looks of late like they've started to pull their finger out and suddenly, while it's perhaps too late, realise the the desperate position that the club find themselves in. Um, but the damage has been done. I mean, you know, we have been woeful all season. You know, we started well. We had a good so you started of... off well, didn't you? Yeah. And, uh, first... Calvert, Calvert-Lewin was on fire, I remember, at the beginning. Absolutely, of the yeah. We started well under Benitez and, and whatnot, and it was a situation where nobody wanted Benitez, but they kind of thought, you know what, to be fair, he obviously knows what he's doing, and the first few, few runner results were pretty good. And then the wheels came off, um, but there's been so many abject performances. I mean, so many. And... Um, and so they have, you know, the players have nobody but themselves to blame, really. I mean, there's been so many under par performances. So, you know, if anybody says to me, what is the root cause of where they are now? Yes, the churn of managers over the years and, and the, the horrific misspent of money over the last That's, six years. 500 million, isn't it? Or something ridiculous. 500, like 562 million oh, to date yeah. uh, since Mashiri, uh took over the club in 2016. If I can give you, this makes for alarming reading, right? And I thought you might ask me this. In terms of where some of this money has gone, right? Listen to some of these horrific transfers. Yannick Balassi, 25 million. Morgan Schneiderlin, 20 million. Gilfie Sigurdsson, 40 million. Davy Klassen, who only played seven games for Everton, 24 million. Cenk Tosin, 27 million. Theo Walcott, 20 million. Alex Awobi, who, to be fair, has started playing better of late, 35 million. Moyes Keane, 25 million. John Philippe Gabarmin, 22 million. I mean, it's just horrific. Yeah. That's already a couple of hundred million there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, try, try 100 million on Lukaku. Well, well, yes, yes, and I and I and I and I and I take your point there. I mean, he was to be fair, he was great for us. He but was, he's, wasn't he? Actually, I think he was he, best for you than he has been for anybody in the in the Premier League. I think you I think you're right. To me, describe did he actually move at all? I can't remember. He moved <laughs> well, around and he he's... and he, he wandered. And he actually sort of got to the penalty area and got to the ball didn't he? and anticipated. Did the kind of thing that all decent strikers do because it's disappeared what, from my memory. What, what did he? And there's this just this this wardrobe. He's a player. He's a player that I think has and always will struggle with his weight and keeping that on just the right side of peak performance. And I think when you look at his time in the in the Premier League under various different clubs, I think you're right, Chidge. I think we probably got the best yeah. period of time out of him. I think he was at his leanest and hungriest when we had him. And unfortunately now, and, and I, I agree with you, Jonathan, he's like he he looks he looks a huge lump up front. Um, and and as such, that weight seems to completely um, affect his mobility. Yeah, 
What did you call? What did you call him on the fan bite last night? Um, uh, Something about uh, a tree. It was a, 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 an over a, a, an oversized tree trunk. <laughs> and and I've been calling me has the mobility um, the the uh, turning circle of a mobility scooter. Absolutely, <laughs> and, uh, or an oil tanker. Yeah, yeah. just absolutely. <laughs> I think I think what intrigues me. <laughs> jo- sorry, J.K. Go on, mate. Go on. No, no. I was going to say yeah, is the fact he doesn't get off the ground. He doesn't do anything yeah. that you think that a. Um, a thirty-seven million pound striker should do. He doesn't anticipate. Doesn't score. Doesn't get into positions where. And in, a, in the last few games, you've had. Uh, we've talked about it before. You've had um, Benzema and uh, and even last night Ronaldo scoring a brilliant goal. This is yeah. what you expect from somebody you pay ninety-seven million for. Yes, Gets into yes. position. It's it's not even a half chance. It's a it's a quarter chance, and it's in the back of the net. And that's what you expect. And to have this this this. I don't, oh, my words begin to fail me after. What's this. he on three hundred grand a week, isn't he? Three fifty or something like that. I, mean, I don't it's... think I don't know if it's that much, but it's whatever it is. It's too much. Gross! Mm. It's gross! It's a gross. Experience. Well, I think he's already he's already got his heart set on going back to Italy, hasn't he? Well, well, yeah. well, we'll we'll all take him there ourselves in in, in yeah. any any mode of transport whatsoever. Mark, you wanted to come in? Yeah, Dave. Um, irrespective of where you are at the moment, um, this is one fixture over the last few years which has been a bit of banana skin for Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, it's like three 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 defeats in a row and, and some tremendous performances, including the one I think when Duncan Ferguson was caretaker manager mm. against us. Although you're where you are now, your home record actually under Frank has been relatively good as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's what's the sense, you know, amongst Everton fans going in tomorrow's game, despite where you are from a lot op- I know you what you said you know, earlier, but on the broader Everton fan base, is there a level of optimism? Do you know if we win this one, we're back out of the bottom three again and we could win because for some reason we keep turning Chelsea over at home? Yeah, I think so. I think I think yes to both of those. I mean, weirdly, um, Everton now and have done for the, the past few years, I've, I've always said play better against the better sides. Um, and, you know, and as I say, uh, take that with a, the compliment with which it's intended. You know, we do genuinely play better against the likes of Chelsea and, and the Manchesters and, and whatnot. And we tend to fall over against uh, the lesser teams sometimes. Um, and I don't know what it is. I don't know whether whether they have more that they seem to be up for it more. But I think, you know, being at home, we have a far greater chance. Um, I can uh, genuinely, and I'm not saying it to be provocative in any way, I think we win on Sunday. I genuinely do. And and you're right, our record is good. I, I think that we've got more chance of beating Chelsea on Sunday than we have against Watford away, for example. You know, I mean, that's the way that I sort of feel that our season's going at the moment. In the same way that, you know, that week where we had Burnley on the Wednesday and, uh, and we had Burnley on the Wednesday night and then we had Manchester United Saturday lunchtime. All that week, I felt that Burnley was going to be more likely to be tougher. I, I thought we were going to beat United all, all week long, yeah. you know, and 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 so so forth. We did. Um, so, I think we have every chance. I mean, a, a, a packed forty thousand Goodison um, gives us the edge that we haven't had away from home. I mean, it shouldn't be that case, but it does make a tremendous difference. You know, when we played Leeds at Goodison, you know. Uh, a, a few weeks ago and and they were they're outstanding against Leeds you know and and beat them 3-0 and it's, it was just a different setup and I think that for sure it's going to be an intimidating atmosphere on on Sunday I think there's a, the added spice obviously with Lampard and with Joe Edwards and whatnot and obviously Ashley Cole and I think that there is something to prove 
uh, for, for all of them. And it will be good for them to, to get one over their old side. I think we win on Sunday, not by much, but I think, you know, if you want a prediction off me, I think we win one nil mm. genuinely. Yeah. I mean, one of the, I mean, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I am genuinely worried about going to Goodison because I mean, we, we, I don't think we've won there since two, hang on, when is it? 2017 I, or something, five years. We've lost, well be, we've lost yeah. eight I've, times since 2008 though. It never seems to matter how well we're yeah. playing around yeah. that. We, we just, um, it's it's always a banana skin. It's uh, and I agree with you completely. I think the fact we can't put the ball in the net is just going to be. Uh, um, I can see it being Chelsea dominating and you just scoring a couple of quick breakaway goals. I, just I think, think you're right. I think that there's no there's no way that we're going to beat you on possession or anything like that. You know, in the same way that we were never going to get near near Liverpool uh, last last Sunday, but there was a game plan and they stuck to it. And you know, and again, it, it, you you watch us away at Anfield, where, whereby you know, we should have got nothing out of that and we didn't get anything out of that. But you look at the the performance, certainly in the first half, or rather for the first hour, and you look at that and you kind of go, Christ, if they played away at the likes of Burnley and the Southamptons and the bloody, all these sort of players, they wouldn't be in the situation that they're in now. Yeah. I've got to but say, unfortunately, I, I, feel, I feel it could well be too little too late. Yeah, I, I, I have to say I loved it. I mean, I don't like Liverpool, as you well know, Dave. I'm mm. sure you mm. remember that. And I loved that's, it. That's how we first bonded, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it, really? Yes, our mutual <laughs> loathing of the red shite. Uh, that's right, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I loved it. I, 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 what I love is the fact that Frank put out a team to shithouse them. And, I, and yeah. it was so yeah. funny, kicking them all yeah. across the park, winding them up, wasting time. I mean, actually, at the time, I thought, you know what? That's right out of the Mourinho playbook. Frank has learned, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank has learned something. And I kind of wondered, well, will, will he do the same to us? Because... Teams that do relatively well against us are teams that basically put 10 men behind the ball because we just we don't have a kind of player who can find his way through that. And invariably, we come a cropper and we then end up going far too high up the pitch and we get caught in the break, as Jonathan was saying. So do you think he might try and shithouse us? Because it would be quite ironic if he did. Yeah, 100%. I think that's the only way that we can you know, get a result against Chelsea on Sunday. I think that's exactly the game plan. I think it's very much the way that they went into the Liverpool game at Anfield. I think it's being absolutely resolute in defence and getting 10 men behind the ball and just making it really, really tough and really, really intimidating. And then hoping for, you know, to, to hit you on the break with, with um, you know, Anthony Gordon um, sort of rushing on, that sort of thing. I think that's the game plan. Um, Charleston and if... is one of the great shit house players. Actually. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I noticed and... there was a foul last year in the in the Goodison game where and he's still down. He, <laughs> he, he actually threw himself at. I think it was at Dave at Billaqueta. Threw yeah. himself at him, hit him on the back, and rolled over yeah. a couple of times. And the referee gave the free kick to Everton. Well, yeah. I, I just I, thought, I, how on earth did the... I mean, most referees do that kind of thing anyway, but he, he managed to to somehow make the challenge look as if he'd been bumped into. And I took my hat off to him. I thought, well, that, you know, straight out of Brazil, that, that is... That's I don't idea. like it. I really, you know, and as I say, I, I, I know he's one of ours and and on his day, he can be uh, he can be a very influential player and he's the sort of person that can can unpick the lock and he does have genuine quality but that side of his game for me is it's not what i'm about you know it's not why i watch football no, I, 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 I can't i can't i can't i can't i can't deal with it really 
Um, but unfortunately, that is part of his makeup. I, I, I wish it wasn't, and I wish somebody could knock it out of him because because fundamentally he's a very, very talented player. But if he could take that side out of his game, um, I think he would be a lot easier to watch. Well, he's a Brazilian number nine, so you can't, you can't underestimate that. One thing I will say, Dave, is that if, if you do shithouses shit on, on Sunday, you will not... Uh, uh, unlike at Anfield, get uh, a referee going against you because referees yeah. hate us, whereas they love Liverpool. And you've mm. also got uh, we've got Kevin Friend, I think, who is no friend of Chelsea. So you'll have the ref on your side. I can guarantee you that. Well, it's about time, Chidge. You know, because we've been <laughs> well, the wrong yes. side. You know, <laughs> we've true. been the wrong side of a few decisions <laughs> this season. Obviously, you know, away at Anfield, and obviously yeah. the decision against Man City as well, which arguably cost us a point, which could well be. You know, crucial come the last knockings of the season, we shall see. But um, listen, we we need all the luck that we can get at this point in time. Um, they need to roll their sleeves up. They need to battle. I, I, I genuinely, to go back to your early question, how worried are you? I'm, I'm terrified. I really am. I'm genuinely terrified. And I don't know. Uh, I, st- I still can't get my head around it. I mean, the the possibility of actually getting to that final game and, and that's it, it's all over, you know, and win the championship. I don't know. I don't know how that feels. It's horrible. I mean, I, I vividly remember the last time we got relegated when we got relegated by accident. I mean, only Chelsea could get relegated by accident in a playoff that they only ever had one season against bloody Middlesbrough <laughs> and then losing Pat Nevin to you. I mean, you know... Mm. So I, it's horrible. It really is. And I, and I really genuinely hope you avoid it. And I, I do wish you luck for the rest of the season. And I, do, I, do, I think you'll be all right. I think, I think, as I said, you've got four games against teams that with really very little to play for. And I can see you doing it. I have to say, I wish you no luck for Sunday, obviously. 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 But I do wish you luck for the rest of the season. And I hope you stay up, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Good. And uh, absolutely lovely to see you as well and looking so well. Well, likewise, it's very nice to see you too, and and it would be very nice to enjoy a cold one in real life one of these days. That must be Chichi. lovely. I, I'm kind of now it's semi-retired. Well, I'm not really, but I like to think I am down in Winchester. Okay. But I still get up to London. I, I, I thought you I thought you meant retired from drinking. No, God, no, no, no. Far from it. <laughs> far, I think the boy the boys here are shaking their heads in disgust. No, absolutely not. No. So, but it won't be one cold one. It will be several, and I look Fine. forward to it. Fine. I I I, I look forward to seeing you at a mainline train station very soon <laughs> or any or any 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 establishment that sells lager yeah exactly indeed indeed brilliant dave you've been an absolute superstar as always lovely to see you good luck for the season and uh, you never know might speak to you again next season i hope so listen if you if you ever want an evertonian opposing fan view then uh, i'm all yours uh, it's very nice to meet you both as well thank you very much for having us lovely to meet you dave brilliant Cheers. stuff there you go the fantastic dave vitty there and uh, as I said, I hope we see him again on this show soon because he's fantastic. Now, we'll be back after a very short break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show uh, with me, Stanford Chidge, and uh, him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello, chaps. And the absolutely fabulous Mr. Mark Meehan. 
Good evening, good people of Mixler. Yeah, there we go. It's been fun tonight. I've really enjoyed it. I always enjoy it, but I particularly enjoyed it tonight, I think. Uh, right, okay. Uh, in time-honoured tradition, JK, I've done my own work, son. All right? Oh, yes, I've done yes. my own work, and I've got yes. a team selection. And, I, I mean, with, I, I don't even have to look at it because I know exactly what I've done. I've, do you know what I've done? I've picked the same team that started against Man United. Why, I hear you ask? What? Why, Chidge? Well, because why I thought Chidge? I thought they played really bloody well, actually. You know, and on another day they might have battered them. Who knows? Um, but I don't think. I, I mean, number one, I don't think they played badly. I think I think it is our best team. And number two, I think the likes of those players who were quite tired, as in Havertz, uh, were taken off relatively early, so they may not be so tired. And of course, it's it's a what Thursday to Sunday. So that's like a Wednesday to Saturday. So that's not it's not as if it's, you know, very little time between the two games. So I, I'm trusting that they won't be too knackered. But basically, I think that's that's our best team. And, you know, I think that apart from not putting a bloody ball in the net, which is not exactly something that we've not seen before, I think I think they played really, really well. So give them another give them another crack. I, I have to say, Chidge, I agree with you completely. Well, there we go. Except, except... Um, I think he might play Pulisic instead of Werner, Werner, um, just to make a change, because uh, I, th I thought Werner was back to his um, uh, not really looking at anybody best, and he played some absolutely horrendous passes to no one, um, which he hasn't been doing before that, um, to give him credit. Uh, but yeah, um, Havertz was a bit tired. Mount was great. Uh, Alonso was great. Alonso is such a surprise, isn't he? We write him off and he just comes back and plays out of his skin. Um, James was completely phenomenal. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, Rudy and Dave played out of his skin as well. Yeah, I can't, um, I, I, I agree with you completely, Chidge. I think that's, that's the team. Well, there you go. Great stuff. Uh, Mark, what say you? Uh, I've got to go out on a limb here. I think he'll play Lukaku. It had crossed my mind that he might, because, of course, you know, he used to play for Everton, so that wouldn't entirely be a bad idea. That's he... my school of thought. Yeah. That's my school of thought. Yeah, going, going, going back there, um, I, I think your team makes absolute sense. Yeah, why would we not pick the same eleven? Because they did play well, apart from putting the ball in the net. Tuchel's not known for regularly playing the same eleven in consistent games. Um, so I just think he might tinker a little bit. I think he'll play Lukaku up front, either for Werner or Havertz. I actually think he might even play Loftus-Cheek somewhere. Yeah. That's, yeah. Maybe to start with him. Yeah, he, He's playing him a lot lately. So I just think the way he'll be using his squad, I think he'll find a role for Loftus-Cheek on Sunday as well. Perhaps in the midfield, either for Kante or Jorginho. Yeah, both of whom had pretty good games. I thought. I mean, I think the, the one, the one, the one worry about playing Kante, sorry, Jorginho, would be that I think Everton will be really physical. I mean, Frank knows this team. He knows what our weaknesses are. He shit houses his way through that Liverpool match, and you know, it took a long time for them to be broken down. Um, and I can see him doing it to us. And I, I, if I'm Frank, I'm saying, you know, get in their faces, get physical with them because they can't handle it. Oh, there are certainly a number of players you can't. So I would do that. But uh, yes, we shall see. Um, so um, I'm, I'm just I'm sorry. I'm reeling from the fact that you're both both basically agreeing with my my, you know, my formation, which is. It's one I of, think we'll only have, we'll have, 
Yeah, me. Yeah, I think we'll have ten men for, for part of the game. We will. Yeah, I think somebody will get sent off. Really? Yeah, I just have that feeling in my water. Oh. Just thinking it might be James, I reckon, because I think they'll target that they'll, they'll they'll target somebody for a lot of um, somebody with a shortish fuse, which James has to an extent. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets involved in a couple of battles. Do you think he has a short fuse? Well, he's good at standing his ground, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's good at yeah. standing his ground. I don't think he's necessarily got a short fuse. A lot well, of them, a lot of them stand their ground. Rudiger stands his ground. He's always first in. Yeah. 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 Well, I've just I'm, seen I've seen James return anything he's been given. That's what I mean by that. I think it even happened when when um, uh, Mat Mat Matic stepped on stepped on his back at United, and he was straight up there in his face. Good. Good, yeah, no, yeah. no, I, I, I think yes, it's good, but nonetheless, I think it can then be in, somebody like friend might, you know, and even a, a um, VAR might interpret it as, uh, as you know, he was the one who swung the low blow or something and get sent off. I just, I fear, I, I agree completely. I think it's going to be a, a kick fest, and um, and I think there will be a lot of uh, uh, they'll try and prevent us from playing in our usual um, slick, um, steely way. I don't wish to be the kiss of death, but do you know the last time we lost when Kevin Friend was referee? No, but you're going to tell us. Three years ago. And the last game he refereed for us was the 6-0 win against Southampton the other week. Well, that's a good omen, isn't it? it I know, it is. It is a good omen. That's what I mean. It's kiss of death now. Probably. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Said. yeah. Yeah, but our track record when Kevin Friend referees games, we usually come out on top. I'm, no, just, okay. I'm just counting it up. And all the time he's been a Premier League referee, uh, in 13 years of refereeing Chelsea games, we've only lost one, two Premier League games in 13 years with Kevin Friend as ref. And how many has he done, does it say? Uh, well, probably about 30-odd games. Mm, oh, championship, championship winning form, that is Kevin Friend. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, Perhaps I didn't he is our friend. He really he is, is our friend. I just remember us moaning like stink about him on millions of podcasts we've done. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. Well, we do that about every referee. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah true. but I, I've, I've, you know, we've, I've always like riffed off the gag friend, and no, he's not our friend. But anyway, um, I mean, Everton's form. I mean, Dave was right, actually. I mean, they're, mu they're a much different, uh, better prospect at home uh, than they are away. I mean, I don't have a huge lot of matches to draw on here because uh, I only get the last five, but... I mean, they drew one or with less than they drew and they beat United 1-0. But as we know, United really are shit. And actually, they've got a good record against United. I think they off, or United often come a cropper like we do at, at Goodison Park. Um, I mean, interestingly enough, their last three results pretty much mirror ours with a loss, a draw and a win. Um, and I mean, are you are you like, I mean, I come out with this nearly every time I do a preview show. I find something to worry about. I mean, obviously, I'm a born warrior, but... I mean, our, our record at Goodison Park, JK, is horrible. I mean, I know we talked about United and Old Trafford last week, but this is, I think, even worse, actually. I mean, it's, 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 not, it's not as long since we can go back and find a win, and that was, uh, that was in 2017 when we won 3-0. Uh, almost, in fact, actually, almost the same date. Uh, I'm just looking at, yeah, 30th of April, funny enough. Um, but we've had we've had uh, we've lost our last three, and since two thousand eight, three wins, two draws, and eight defeats. Yes, I, I, I I've been there a lot when yeah. we've lost, and um, I find it very depressing. 
And so my inclination is always pessimistic and negative whenever we play them there. They seem to somehow um, transform them, transform themselves into a uh, another side. The worst was when Ferguson was the uh, the temporary manager, um, uh, where they they as we all predicted, they would have a performance against us that they would never ever have against anybody else for the rest of the season. And they did, um, just because he, he wound them up. And it makes you realise what players uh, are capable of if um, if they're up for it. Um, and they will be up for it. It's going to be very tricky, very, very tricky again. And I, I am, uh, I'm, um, I'm not convinced we will do well. Mm. Um, so uh, I'll be intrigued because... Uh, Frank's knowledge of the of the side is 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 absolutely peerless. There's no way he, he knows exactly how we play, knows exactly how to wind the players up, knows how to uh, to play against them. So um, uh, fascinating may not be the word. It may be one of uh, oh excruciating. God, excruciating. There's the word exactly. It yeah. may be that. It may be. And, uh, and I'm going once again, so I'll put myself through that. So, uh, but you know, on the other hand. You never know, do you? You never you know, mate. You never know. I mean, talking of never knowing, I mean, am I right, Mark, in in assuming that we're all fairly confident that Frank is going to going to shit houses? I think so. Yeah, I think it's going to be that way. Yeah, because even just looking at the Everton players, uh, I think the only thing that would stop them doing that is they've got home advantage and the noise that home crowd could make on Goodison. And, Handball! You know, Handball! Uh, you know, what do they want? Do they want you know, Everton to come out all guns blazing at us in the first 10 minutes like they're, they're enemies across the Anfield Road? Or do they just actually want win at all costs, shithouse it, kick us everywhere, and as Dave said, take a 1 0 win? Hmm. But I'm, I'm optimistic, I have to say. You know, it's not a fixture I look forward to because we've got a poor record there, but. They could they could almost try too hard Everton on Sunday. Yeah, they have to have to win. If they lose this on Sunday, Frank and Everton are in deep shit. Yeah. So they might try too hard and we might be able to exploit that with the players we've got, depending on what team Tuchel puts out. Well it it, it, it will do, won't it, JK? Sorry, you're about to say something. No, I just think they might try try too hard, I agree, and then we pass round them, but then we've got the trouble of of, of putting the ball in the net. You know, that's what I was suggesting earlier to Dave, that might be that we do dominate them, but we don't put the ball in the net and they, they put 10 behind the ball and, and kick the ball down the pitch and Richarlison runs out after it as fast as he possibly can, trips himself up in the penalty area and gets given a penalty. Yeah. Or, you know, you're or back here dives in. Or... Yeah, talking about Lukaku scoring the winning goal. Well, I, I'll, I'll believe it, Mark. Mark, I will believe that. I will believe that when I see it. I think Everton's, Everton's other problem is that uh, on Saturday, uh, Watford are playing Burnley, which is the definition of a six-pointer, isn't it? Because, you know, Burnley and Watford have both played 33 games. Everton have played 32. I mean, Watford are, are, are pretty much done and dusted. Um, they're, they're, all, they're seven points behind Everton. But uh, if they win that, then obviously they're much less points behind Everton and feasibly could catch them. But if Burnley win against Watford, and they'll certainly see that as a winnable game. That's uh, my point. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're going to be... Yeah. I mean, they're already... They're two points ahead of Everton, and that'll make them five points ahead of Everton. You know, and we're running out of... They're running out of games. And yeah, yeah so I, I, I hear what you're saying. They have to win. 
I mean, have to, as I have to win, and and five points, you know, psychologically coming out five points behind, you know, and Burnley have done the hard job of you know winning their game. Mm. You don't know because Everton haven't been in this position for many many a year. Mm. Yeah, it's uncharted very territory. Nervous. Yeah, yeah. Very uncharted nervous. territory. They haven't been there. Yeah, didn't yeah. didn't we keep them up one year? We did. We yeah. booed Jody Morris. That's right. That last game that's right. Bolton. That's How dare right. he score against Bolton Wanderers? That's yeah. right. Yeah, I thought it yeah. was. Yeah, um, it, it's a tricky one to call because you know we're playing. I thought we played brilliantly against United. There's no doubt about that. But I think we're going to be up against a very different proposition on Sunday because United. I mean, it was actually you know I wasn't there as you know, but it was quite hilarious watching it uh, on the TV with Gary Neville's the co-coms absolutely doing his nut uh, how little effort they were putting in they were walking around they were second to the ball on everything they clearly none of them gave a shit i mean you couldn't find a less motivated team apart from that flash of brilliance from from ronaldo of course typically but they were really were abject i mean chelsea basically had the freedom of old trafford i don't think i've seen us have so much space to play in for donkeys and there's a reason for that United didn't close it down and didn't care. We're going to have a very different game on Sunday because Everton will be in our faces for 90 minutes and Frank will demand that. You know, energy, aggression, physicality, give them no time on the ball. So it's going to be a very, very different match. And much as I would love to say, oh, it might be like Southampton away, I can't see it. I really can't. I think it's it's going to be attritional and tight. So there you go. So I'm going to go. Oh, dearie me. I'm tempted to go 1 0, actually. I'm really tempted to go 1 0. Yeah, I'm going to go 1 0. So what do you reckon, Mark? 2 1 Chelsea, Marcus Alonso, and Rudiger get the goals. Not not Lukaku? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I. No, I'll stick with that. More likely, Alonso and Rudiger get the goals. But I just think it would be very, very funny if Lukaku was picked and scored the winning goal. Yeah, Football football does that quite often. Players go back to their old club yeah, and turn them over. Yeah, no, I do agree. But usually against us, Mark. Oh, yeah. yeah. Robert Flex brings the mind straight away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JK, what do you reckon, my old China? Oh, God. I would say 1-1 one, one again. Um, I prophesied the United game, if you remember, on the fan cast. Did you put it in your Prem predictions? Uh, probably not. No, I don't. No, I, I tend to, to 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 move about. You know, I change my view by and on another day. I think, no, it'll be that. No, it'll be that. No, it'll be that. Because on the Friday, I think I said 1-1. One, one. I just thought I felt the omens were that way. Just because we know, we, we're, it's the kind of thing that would happen at United. We haven't done very well at United. I, we haven't done very well. At Everton, as we know, the last three. Um, so uh, I'd like to say we'll win two one. I think it more likely that they'll win. Um, they'll win two one. So I'll say one one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So and forget about Robert Fleck. He never came back and scored against us. I've got him mixed up with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that Robert Fleck's. Mind you, I think he scored for, against us for Norwich, but that was before he came. But, to but us. he never came back and scored against. But he's a he's a he's a he's a different classic Chelsea category of. How many? Re- how many? Reverse, yeah, yeah. How many players yeah. have Chelsea bought who scored against them and looked good in one game, and who ended up being shit? And then there, yeah. as you say, players that left and came back and scored against us. We should do. That's another one of those like top ten things, Mark. Idea yeah. we had. Yeah. Yeah. We we could we could do a top ten Chelsea players that came back and scored against us, and a top ten who we bought. 
because we thought they were brilliant because they scored against us and turned out to be, you know, a waste of money. Yeah, Salah. First player I always think of. First, first player I always think of who scored scored against us is Tommy Langley. Yeah. Always, always sticks in my head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Shoot Tommy Langley. We're gonna shoot Tommy Langley. And even uh, Tommy himself, like you know, never wanted to leave. We should never no, let him go. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Typical, isn't it? Yeah. So there you go. You're going two one. JK's going one one, and I'm going one nil. Um, we've been quite quite negative recently, actually, about our predictions. I think, but uh, let that we'll let that lie for now. Uh, obviously, I hope that uh, we smash them. Uh, at least 6-0 because that would cheer me up and make me a very happy Chelsea supporter so there you go Uh, right that is all we've got time for this week Uh, we will be back Uh, note this in your diaries we will be back on Tuesday not Monday because it's a bank holiday yes and uh, Mrs Chidge likes to ban Chelsea fancast on a Monday so you you can ban a Chelsea fancast on a Monday but you can't ban it on a Tuesday so we're back on Tuesday uh, me and JK, of course, with the absolutely wonderful Martin Wickham and Dane Whittle, and slightly later to uh, 8.15, because I have a client until 8. So, uh, But at least I'll be sat here, raring to go the minute after I've uh, sorted my client out. So there you go. So we'll be back on Tuesday, uh, enjoying the bank holiday weekend. Obviously, we'll be looking back at the Everton match. And guess what? There will be no midweek match to preview for the first time in what seems like ever. So it might be, it might we might even get to bed at a reasonable time, J.K. Yeah, yeah. No, there'll be there'll be something will come up. It'll be know. the flaming bid that we'll have to spend an hour talking yeah. about, won't it? Yeah. It always yeah. happens, doesn't it? Yeah. And probably that's not a bad thing because obviously we, we we gave it sort of like an airing tonight, but I imagine over the weekend there'll be lots of stories and speculation that by the time Tuesday comes around, you could probably devote a whole show to yeah, it. So it'll be like ten minutes on Everton, two hours on the bid, and that will yeah. be there. We might even have some time for some emails if people send them in as well. We shall see. Right, uh, Mark, as always, brilliant to see you, mate. Lovely to see you. And uh, hopefully I'll, uh, I'm back up for the Wolves. So I'll see you a uh, week tomorrow. It's the Wolves. Yeah. yeah. And, I got so my, and I got my FA Cup final ticket today, sitting with Pablo at all. So that's all uh, in hand. Which, what have you gone for? Which, which one? Which I, I, well, I said to the boys for the semi, which I couldn't make because I had bloody COVID, would you believe it? And I couldn't shift my ticket either. Um, but uh, I said, I'm, I'm now going religiously going category two because every time I've, I've not... Well, now, of course, the club are actually telling us where those seats are, which is actually a lot more helpful than they've usually been. But uh, yeah, category two. So I'll be there and uh, in the Victoria pub beforehand, of course, in Paddington. So I'm really excited having missed the Caribou Cup and having missed the FA Cup semi-final because of COVID, you know. And and again, I think the other thing as well is we have to see how it plays out in the next few few weeks. But, you know, I watched the Liverpool game the other night and BT Sport against Villarreal and bearing in mind that Man City are top of the league, uh, Man City or Real Madrid could make the Champions League final. And we are still awaiting them in the FA Cup final. It's almost like listening to some people on BT Sport that it's done and dusted and they're going to be record breakers and win all four. They'll do the quadruple. Now, if they do, you know, they are that. But, you know, I'd like to think in a couple of weeks' time that we will be there to spoil the party and lift the FA Cup again. And the funniest thing is I booked my train tickets too because obviously I want to have a drink or 10. And I booked my train tickets on the train line and then I suddenly realised, oh fuck! I booked a I booked a train going back too early. I think it was like a nine minutes past uh, eight train. I thought, oh shit! 
what happens if they have extra time like they did in the caribou so anyway i went back in and changed it so i changed it to a much 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 later train so at least i can have a few drinks afterwards when we win absolutely so there you go that was my planning so there we go mark great to see you as always and uh absolutely brilliant to see you too jk i have to say your your broadband has been very effective tonight i got a man in you got a man in sopworth yes indeed he came in and uh fiddled with a knob did he and everything everything appears to be did okay he fiddle with your wire yeah we, yes we've had difficulty finding it first of all it's little and hidden away but no we found it and uh yes and he said it should be up later but um i'm moving from here I know. so uh so it'll be uh, it'll be a different it'll be a different um, hub, a different um, uh, what you call it thingy. Um, broadband. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the word. Broadband. Uh, I, had to, I had to think suddenly. I was thinking of some kind of of telegraph, some kind of Morse code thing for a moment. Well, let's hope. Fingers crossed. It's good. I mean, I, I mean, you know, not just for our benefit, but I know you need it for your work. So uh, I do. I yeah, do. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Look, guys, have a great weekend. As always, an absolute delight to see you both. Uh, and I'll see you both soon. See you on Tuesday, Jonathan. Obviously. Uh, Mixler people, lovely to see you in here too and uh, thank you for listening see you next week, until then keep it blue, keep it carefree and keep it shells Keep it shells It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.